stop the signal. Discuss what you're going to talk about before you start recording means that that's always going to be way better than. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what that's, we have a we we have a rule over at Timeline Earth. There's only there's there's minimal talking before uh, before I hit the record, which I just did. So, yes. uh, welcome in Rolo from the Rolo and Slappy Show. Here we're going to do a very annoying 2023 Bitcoin wrap up and future looking Bitcoin episode for 2024. And beyond, hopefully. Um, where do where should where should we begin with this? Well, I mean, like like we do our podcast, uh, the Rollins Sloppy Show. We should talk about how the Flyers just knocked off the uh, number one team in the NHL on the road last night, four to one against the Vancouver out. Canucks. Three goals in like two minutes in the second period. Uh, another shorthand goal the... too. Just just rolling. I was the only Very person good. that said they were going to be good this year. Very good. Very good. <laughs> um, oh, before we hop into Bitcoin, uh, I heard you talking about Keat pro- perhaps on your show. Oh, yeah. I, I downloaded that like a year ago or whenever they the first beta came out. Um, I, I don't even think it was in the App Store. I think you had to download a, you know, AP or P, whatever the Android yeah. PK, APG or whatever it is. Um, and since I didn't, it wasn't available on Linux yet. And uh, I just downloaded it this morning, and it's badass, dude. Yeah, I I've been using it for a while, and I don't. I'm not connected to anybody else. I just yeah, connect. Just for, I just connect just, my phone to it, a couple computers, so that when I have to send files or information back and forth, it's super fast, super easy. Yeah, it's it, very it's cool. Fantastic. I just I connect. I connected my phone uh, to my just to my like you know uh, main kind of. Quote server computer, I guess, and uh, yeah, it's really really cool. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know about this, it's it's like an open source. I mean, I, I think they're they're you know building features into it, but it's basically an open source uh, file sharing. And I mean, there's they've got payments in there now. It looks yeah. like um, yeah. and chat and video call and and this you know this whole thing. So it's it, it's crazy easy like i installed it both in my computer and my phone and had them connected in like two minutes yeah the connection's like here's a qr code that you scan yeah exactly yeah i generated a qr code for a new room that i created i scanned it with my phone and i was in i was thinking about this the other day because it's it's always been a problem for me and i know a lot of people is you you run in your home node and let's say you have a you know a hot wallet on your phone Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to take advantage of your home node. And it's kind of the pain in the butt to set up a, yeah. an Electrum Rust server. And mm-hmm. then you really want to run that over Tor. And so yep. Tor's often slow and fails a lot of times. I don't know if it's possible, but I don't see why not. That if you could set up that talking back and forth between like the whole punch, which is kind of the back yep. back end side of the, the key thing that that's how your your mobile phone could talk to your uh, to your node at your home and you're only making that connection between those two devices and not you know it's not like you're opening ports on your network and right, right. blasting it out to whoever's happens to be spying it seems like that should be possible i'm hoping that that's coming that down would, the line for that would be such a huge game changer because it would be i mean I it, like we we're saying, my socks have been blown off by the user experience with using Keat, even though I've been really only using like a small piece of it, just 
for my own devices, not even talking to other people, but um, to solve that hassle of of talking to your own node would, would just be tremendous. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just, yeah, it's ba- it's basically like um, the setting up a home server in a lot of ways without the, all the hassle, which is, it, it's still surprising how difficult that is. Yes. It's annoying. Um, but yeah, this looks very, very cool and very promising and it's very slick. Yep. Um, well, I guess we should talk about some Bitcoin. Um, I, I was texting you on, uh, probably two weeks ago and I, I told you I decided that I'm just going to go full boltard Mm -hmm. this, uh, for the next few years where just any news is good news and I, and I will refuse to believe otherwise. Yes, which which to be clear for those that may not be uh, you know as as keyed in on this stuff is that's how we've always basically mm-hmm. that's been a meme for a while. All news is good news, but we're just going to ratchet it up a step or two. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. It's funny. I was thinking about this the other day, and um, because I, I see a lot of people talking about macro stuff and uh, you know what the Fed's doing, what their moves are going to be making, and how many basis points they're going to you know do whatever and i hear people talking about that and this may come to a surprise to some people but i i don't know any of that stuff i it's never interested me to know like the the mechanics and the details of like what the fed you know all that kind of stuff um so if people ever ask me my opinion i'm like i don't know just bitcoin's gonna beat it and it, and it doesn't matter to me right um and it's like the way I look at it, um, they can do everything they want, but they're going to lose in the mm-hmm. end. So it would be like if I fought Mike Tyson in his prime. Yeah. And I get in the ring with him, and I'm bouncing around and, and throwing punches and everything. And, and, and basically, I have to just make sure I don't get absolutely walloped. And people are watching it and be like, oh, wow, look at what Rollo's doing. And you're analyzing all my moves and saying, oh, what could he do to win the fight? But the reality of it is, is that as soon as Mike Tyson wants to end the fight, the fight is over. It doesn't matter what I do. (laughs) Right. right. When the time comes when he just goes, all right, I'm bored now. The fight is over. The only chance, the only chance that I would have had was I would have had to have poisoned him Mm -hmm. before the fight. But if I, or something like that, and if I didn't do that, it's just, (laughs) it doesn't matter what I do. Right. It's moot. Uh, Yeah. I I think a lot of that macro stuff is like, like uh, it's interesting to me in a Bitcoin bear market. Like, yeah, I don't I, have like, an issue uh, with people talking about it or analyzing yeah, it or whatever. But but it's... but now it's like now I'm 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 now the only thing is Bitcoin. Like it's it's right. it's um you know we're back. We're I guess so my back. thing yeah my my thing is it's like anyone who's getting worked up about it, it's oh, fine yeah, to look at it and, and find interest in it and it's like oh wow, this is this is interesting because it is interesting like to see it a is. dying it... what is a how does a dying animal react right that's exactly an it, interesting that's... thing to observe. Yeah, and and not just one dying animal, but like a hundred, you know. Right. And how are they? How are they trying to survive? And and I, I think the particularly interesting point is the is the is the mesh point between Bitcoin and that fiat, or like the legacy world, where, you know, I mean, for example, what El Salvador is doing and trying to trying to make some change in order to give yourself a little bit more longevity, right? Um. So it'll be it'll be interesting 
to see how that progresses as well, you know, around, around the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the El Salvador thing has been, has been fascinating to watch. Uh, and then also we obviously have the, the, the ETFs in the U S the spot ETFs coming soon TM. I mean, I, I, from, from what I understand, it looks like the people that know this stuff, I don't are saying probably January 8th to 10th is, is the window and there. And, and I mean, I, it looks like it's pretty much a done deal at this point. Right. Um, uh, for, for, for the, um, you know, us ETFs. And I think, you know, and I've mentioned this on, on our main show, but I, I think that to a large degree, that is a kind of a backhanded way of doing something like what El Salvador is doing. They want to, they want to accrue Bitcoin in us legal jurisdiction. Mm hmm. I, I, is, is, is my, I don't think that's, you know, terribly big revelation, but, uh, but, you know, uh, and, and, and probably ultimately for potentially nefarious ends. I mean, I'm not saying that ETF bad, I'm not saying ETF good. I'm just saying like, you know, the, the, the powers that be are probably saying, well, this thing looks like it's, it's going to be a problem for us in some way, shape or form. So we better have it on shore. You know, I mean, is that how you're kind of looking at this? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think people get confused sometimes or nervous, and uh, uh, we're so used to just losing at everything, so I kind of understand it. Yeah. So when you see the U.S. government and its comp satellite entities, corporate, mm -hmm. a lot of these corporations that are they're yeah. basically arms of the government, you see them trying to acquire Bitcoin, and you go, oh, no, my enemies are trying to acquire Bitcoin. But the reality of it is, is that, Anyone who's trying to acquire Bitcoin is good for Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, it's 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 literally designed to to, to you know um, make good out of bad almost in a way. Yes. Uh, and and yeah, I, I you know as a reminder, like it Bitcoin doesn't know what BlackRock is. Like the 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 Bitcoin network, the Bitcoin protocol does not know what BlackRock is. It doesn't care. Um, will will it? Can they act? Try to act poorly? Yeah, probably, but you know th that sets up a, a more interesting story arc here, where it's like every single Bitcoin cycle, somebody has to learn the hard way um, that Bitcoin makes the rules and you do not. So, and uh, go ahead. What did you think about? I think it was BlackRock that put in their filing or something about you know the case of a fork. Yeah, and that they would have to decide you know which which fork was the real Bitcoin. A lot of people were saying, ah, oh, look at this as they're setting it up for for some sort of rug or, or whatever, but, and to me, it, it, it might be the case, but to me, I, I saw it and I didn't read the whole thing. So I don't, I don't know. Like I said, I don't keep up with this stuff, but to me, it was just like, well, that's a, that's a, you know, reasonable situation to come up. It and is. They <laughs> have to, they have to put that in there to be like, well, if you have another chain split, if there's a fork, what are you guys going to do? Like, who's going to throw all their money into this and be like, what happens if there's a fork or some like big event in the thing? And be like, oh yeah, we don't know. We'll just uh, you know, right? Like no. Well, I think there's. I think there's. Would. Right. I, I think there's. I think there's two ways to look at it, but yeah, ultimately that's got to be the case. It's and it's not like it's some crazy hypothetical. It has literally happened several times. Mm -hmm. So like that, yeah. You've got to if you're going to operate, you know, a a, a white glove uh, premier 
and I mean premiere in the in the terms of like you know BlackRock is whatever my thoughts good or bad on BlackRock like they operate a kind of a premier serv- like financial service you know right. um, on the on a global stage they're a huge asset manager and you know they're not going like you can't just go in and be like I don't know we're just going to wing it if if, <laughs> if this thing that has happened three or four times happens again you know um, now the other way to look at it too is you, you, that that is. If you wanted to say they're setting up for an attack, yeah, I mean that that is also. I mean, be aware of it. I, I think that you know, I don't, I don't think we should be completely blind to the fact that they could, you know, when we're talking about um, attacks on Bitcoin and forking Bitcoin, um, you know, remember from the block war, the block size wars, it was, it, it it's, it's everybody learned that didn't already know that it, it's the the economic nodes that. Um, that rule the day and BlackRock will probably have a lot of wealth. I, I don't think that they're going to accumulate, you know, and a crazy outsized portion of Bitcoin. I don't think, um, but they, they will have economic sway. Um, so, you know, that's something and, and, and their, and their, their, their funders, you know, their, their customers will, will have zero say in it, you know? So, um, well, that's maybe not entirely true, but the, the, they won't have direct. Say yeah, I know what you're saying. So, um, some you know something to keep an eye on, and, and just a reminder that you know to everybody listening that you know it's very easy to download Bitcoin Core and become a first class citizen and uh, and set up a secure Bitcoin wallet and hold your own keys and and not have to sit here and and worry about uh, you know what a uh, you know world economic forum directed board of directors uh have have to say about your money um you know now that being said i am very excited about the the prospect of you know and this was the maybe i'll set it up like this like this was bound to happen if bitcoin succeeded this had to happen some something like if you're going to go from zero on january 3rd of 2009 to becoming global money along the way people are going to adopt it <laughs> like and and all and and and, and newsflash for for the libertarians like myself and you um though it's no newsflash to us you know most most of the people around the world are our enemies sort of like in the mm-hmm. political sphere like like don't agree with us so if, if we were going to get adoption um it, it was it, it your enemies are going to adopt it too it's politically neutral it is it it is um you know, available for anybody. It's open source software. Uh, so this was, this was bound to happen. It's not something that was not anticipated. Um, it, it, it still is surprising to see. I mean, I remember, you know, w- w- when did this kind of start to leak out in June or July that the BlackRock, I think they, they, they applied for an, a spot ETF in June or July. And then they had the whole grayscale lawsuit. I think that, that, uh, was in July. Um, so it's, it's still a shock to see, but, you know, it, it was probably inevitable. Yeah. And that's why it's kind of surprising to me. I see a lot of people being upset about an ETF or, you know, these institutions adopting Bitcoin, but it's like, if you're like, if, if, if out of one side of your math, you're saying Bitcoin's going to become global money. And then the other side of your math, you're saying, we can't have these huge players in, in, in the scope of global money buying Bitcoin or, or you think that, um, that it's just going to kind of be this, libertarian money that we're going to operate right. our own little economy it's just it just doesn't it, there's just no history or economic theory that would or, or 
correct economic theory, I should say, that, that would point to that um, being the case. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I just keep going back to that episode we did that I text you about like once every six months yeah. uh, about the game theory um, mm-hmm. around Bitcoin. And, you know, obviously we didn't, you know, have a perfect crystal ball, right. but the overall kind of themes that countries were going to and institutions were going to act a certain way because they had to right. has been playing out like it beautifully. has. And that's. And that's and that is that's probably the most that's the thing that I would want to impart the most is that BlackRock is not BlackRock's hand is being forced here. Like they they're not, um, you know, these institutions have to in, in game theoretically operate in this way, and 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 people are thinking, you know, the 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 you know dog wagging the tail but it's the tail wagging the dog sort of thing like it's uh it's they're they're being forced into acting this way for their own you know self-interest right right um and the other thing about you know if you think blackrock has nefarious intentions with this well it's kind of like the people in the early days of bitcoin when they're on silk road and and they're buying bitcoin just because it's it's private and it's easy and they get, they can route around all the, all the legal stuff around trying to use fiat to buy whatever they're doing on the, on the Silk Road and holding Bitcoin got them to stop using drugs. Yeah. Right. Um, fiat is a drug. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, to think that just because it's on a bigger scale that uh, the same incentive structure won't apply to people that are drug addicts. Uh, I think is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going like there is going to have there there are effects that happen with easy money and hard money, and I think as as these countries as these institutions like BlackRock and everything are going to adopt it, I think you're going to start seeing changes uh, for the better. Uh, and we talked about this too a lot. I think um, that as an institution like BlackRock or, or other companies and businesses start adopting Bitcoin, start holding it on their balance sheet, um, as number goes up, regardless of their original intentions on this, they mm-hmm. see their, like, by by the virtue of holding Bitcoin, their purchasing power goes up, their yep. everything, their value goes up. Um, that's good for them. And to kind of yep. just, like, kamikaze themselves after that, isn't necessarily going to be an easy thing where even if they're just doing it because they don't necessarily have nefarious intentions, they might not want it, but their hands are tied. They see number go up and they see this as actually like improving things and, and being better. Um, and then Elizabeth Warren comes by and says, Hey, I'm going to make it so that it's basically impossible for you to have Bitcoin. Um, or maybe, maybe it won't, this is what's kind of neat about Bitcoin is that they might try to, uh, to make it to the benefit of, you know, the, the big institutions and the, and the players that are tied so intimately to government. But if you destroy the individual trying to hold Bitcoin, because we hold it the same way that a BlackRock would. Yeah. Uh, it, it damages and really hurts Bitcoin altogether. So you can't, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's way more difficult to kind of, unless you just outright say that, you know, these people are allowed to hold Bitcoin and you're not, but, he, but even still it, it just like destroys the, it destroys the value 
uh, proposition of it. It makes it more difficult for everybody. But what I was saying, uh, let me try to walk back to that, to that point. Um, um, sorry, I, there's like three big dogs running around my front yard. And my cat's now <laughs> freaking out. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I forget what I was saying. Oh, oh. So, you know, Elizabeth Warren and, and these government agencies started coming in and saying like, oh, we're going to try to destroy Bitcoin. And BlackRock's like, well, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, right. And if you want to get elected yeah. again. Yeah. Yep. You, you, no. <laughs> like, well, don't, I, don't I think our cash cow. I, th- I think that the the concern that I have and it's, you know, again, it's it's like it's not an existential threat. It's just what are they going to do to make my life annoying? Right. Um, I, I think the the threat here that I see kind of starting to consolidate is that, you know, and they've been trying to do this for a while is is what the ban what they call like self-hosted wallets, which is just a Bitcoin wallet. Right. And I, you know a play that they could be trying to uh, formulate is trying to encourage either by law or by, uh, you know, um, you know, either by stick or by carrot, essentially um, everybody holding their Bitcoin with a preferred U S institution, you know, Mm -hmm. whether that be BlackRock or other and, and discouraging, um, holding your own keys. And I mean, they could do that in a number of ways it, it, or, or always, you know, they could, they could ban it. Uh, I, th- I think that's probably, I think that trains left the station. I'm just, I don't know that that is going to fly at this point. Um, but they, th- I guess they theoretically could, uh, but then they could also offer big incentives for you to send your Bitcoins to BlackRock or to a preferred, you know, us wallet. Um, and whether that be, you know, cash or, uh, tax breaks or, you know, whatever the case may be, I definitely see that as a possibility. Oh, for sure. And that would be, that would represent a great annoyance. (laughs) I certainly don't don't want that happening. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, I think it still follows the same kind of game theory ideas that we were talking about with like outright Mm -hmm. bans. Um, that if if the U.S. starts doing that and starts being aggressive, has aggressive policies against Bitcoin, even if it's not an outright ban, even if they're just saying, well, you have to use it in this convoluted and stupid and uh, frustrating way. Well, it opens up the opportunity for other countries out there to be like, exactly. Well, we're that's not going to do that. And we're going to be the global open. game theory. Right. Yep. And so that's, yeah, that's going to. At the end of the day, U.S. is competing with everybody else as well um, on the political stage. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, a- again, it's like, are they going to make this annoying for me for two or three years is like my is kind of my question. Right. Um, and I hope they don't just because that would be really annoying. Would it be an existential threat? No, but it would be frustrating. Right. Um, you know, I would like that uh, this to to, you know, this is happening and I would like this to happen as smoothly as possible. Um so, you know, ho- you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see how that goes. But I do, I do like the fact that, that bigger, more respectable institutions are getting involved, um, that are serious because, you know, for a long time, you know, as with any niche community, there's a lot of, you know, scammers and bad actors and just, and, and incompetent people. Um, and I'm, and I'm stoked to just get the more brain share 
into this because I think that you know the, as we've talked about the 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 possibilities here. I mean, just look at you know we were talking about Keat to start this episode, and all of a, and I haven't tried their payment system. I haven't even looked at it, but I saw that it is integrated in there. I think it's Lightning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's not going to. I don't I don't think it takes that much development work when you're when you're comparing it to like i don't know the creation of ai or something like that like it doesn't take that much development work and mind share to 10x the usability and and um uh uh like utility of a lot of these bitcoin apps for example um or maybe even for for some of your solutions like custody solutions for institutions. So, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't, it doesn't take that much more um, to, to really bring this forward and, and really have a consumer facing uh, product that works and is enjoyable and, and, and cuts out friction that previously existed and enables new things. Like for example, that, uh, that fountain uh, podcast app, that's a really cool idea. That value for value, tra- micro payment stuff. That's really really cool, mm-hmm. and and I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Where where Lightning is and and, and you know whatever element of the Bitcoin stack is just integrated into these products and these services, and it just becomes so much easier to to transfer value to from consumer or to consumer or from consumers to creators and and whatever other arrangements there might be. Absolutely. Um, you think about all of the development that's been done so far and, you know, I don't want to insult it by calling it hobbyists, um, because there are obviously professional people, um, developing Bitcoin software and solutions and, um, and some companies and, and grants and everything, Mm -hmm. but it's really not that much. Yeah. Um, and you see what's been built so far and it's been a lot. Uh, that's why one of the, that's part of one of the reasons I don't want to call it hobbyists or whatever like or maybe part-times better whatever you want to call it but it's been a small scale development community um once you start getting businesses and institutions adopting bitcoin well then they have an incentive to make it more usable too so they're going to start putting engineering resources behind it Mm -hmm. and like that is an exponential increase in the amount of 10x i mean engineering start right so yeah what, and furthermore, that furthermore that that's that that kind of closes the loop in a sense because, as you said, I, I, and again, all respect, but but it is it has been largely like hobbyists and part timers and and full timers that are basically looking for donations and stuff like that. But once you start building products with with uh, the Bitcoin stack integrated in them, and it's open source as the market will demand. I mean, you you will need to open source stuff. Um, once open source is created, it's out there and then you can just build on top of it. And when products start integrating into the stack, uh, that, you know, whatever they have created will be out there for others to use. And, and, uh, and that, and, and when products start integrating and there's profit, then, oh, now we've got paid professional developers working on all angles of this thing. Yeah. And some people might wonder, well, why would a, why would a business that's in the, you know, there for for profit make massive contributes to free and open source software if they're if they can't sell it and they're not making direct profit off it it's because that provides a lot of value for the system overall and it helps yep. it helps their overall 
um, overall stuff. So yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, well, you just even look when uh, when when Tesla started taking for that brief moment in time, they're like, yeah, we're going to accept Bitcoin payments for Teslas, and they looked at BTC Pay Server, and their engineers found like several bugs instantly, mm-hmm. and and reported them and said, hey, hey, you guys, here's something that needs to be fixed. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that's just like the- tip, very, very tip of the iceberg. And that's nothing against BTC pay server again, no. because it's a small group. They're doing good work, but, but just like Tesla and Tesla's a big company, but like they didn't send all of their engineers, all of their, their software engineers on that project. They probably had like a couple guys. Yeah, I would imagine. Say, hey, take a look at this. Like, oh, we found this. So, just imagine scaling that up. Yeah, and, and that, that's that's like the almost the the most exciting part of this next you know influx of people. It, it's like, yeah, the price is going to go up probably, but the number and that number of users is going to go up probably, um, but also the number of builders like creators and developers that's going to go up and that's that's really exciting and it's like any other new technology someone invents something they come up with something and for a long time because no one else has any interest in it nobody sees the value in it um except for maybe a few people that are working on it and for a long time the development of that product or whatever it is is kind of slow and then all of a sudden there seems you know there's a market fit for it and people start demanding it and wanting it and then all of a sudden you get a bunch more businesses being like all right well we'll start providing this this product too and then all of a sudden it just explodes with features and usability and all that kind of other stuff yeah you know classic example yeah if if uh if i mean even go before apple and the iphone just like the cell phone if only one business a small group of people ever cared about cell phones we mm-hmm. wouldn't have the smartphones that are sitting right in front of us today. Right. Yeah, it's an exciting time. It's a super exciting time. Um, there's there's a number of people that I'm that are in companies that I'm watching that I'm like, man, they like this this is gonna be this is gonna be very cool. This is gonna be very cool, and I'm excited to see what they do um in the coming years. Um what are what are your what are you like most excited about in the kind of in that open source software and Bitcoin integration and whatever space? Um, I think for me, it's probably, I don't know. Um, I think, I think we're kind of right on the edge of, of um, self custody kind of better options. Yeah. It's kind of clunky right now. And it is. I know. I know. You probably don't want to get into my opinion on a lot of the typical <laughs> uh, options out there. And 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 no, with, we can uh, we can go there. Well, with hardware, you know, my my yeah frustrations with hardware wallets and everything. Because, in my opinion, I think the best thing to do is to use an old laptop or an old computer and use that as your quote hardware wallet and run core. I agree. I agree. Um, I think there's a lot of just weird marketing and fluff out there and and bad practices like oh you get this hardware wallet and it's safe and Mm -hmm. so people do that and they plug it right into their daily driver computer um not connecting to their own node running going to a random electrum server which is probably run by the fbi um 
but people do that because it's easy mm-hmm. or it's simple. Not even that it's easy because I think like doing the core stuff, there's some walkthroughs and everything that I've had people that are total noobs do it. Don't know anything about computers or Bitcoin and they do it and they're like, oh, that was actually easy. Problem yeah. is it's tedious. It takes a long time. Yeah, th- yes. You have to and understand. That's, that's- Right. That's a good way to put it. You have to understand or at least be willing to accept that the person that's telling you that it's worth it, that it's actually worth it. If you don't understand all the background stuff and all the, you know, the basics of security and everything, you're not going to see the reason why you want to go through that tediousness to do it. So you just do what's fast and easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that there's going to be a thing that kind of brings both of them together, that you have a simple and easy thing that you can just say like, Hey, just do this, follow this quick instructions. And it is good security practices as opposed to trying to have to get, you know, sit them down and have them listen to 15,000 hours of podcasts and, and reading, uh, you know, mastering Bitcoin and, and grokking Bitcoin four times to be able to understand why, you know, even though that your keys are offline, you can't just plug those keys into your laptop, all that, all that kind of stuff. So I think that like elegant, um, solutions for, uh, storage of private keys and, and, and running security, I hope is, is right, right on the, uh, coming soon. And then the other thing, because (laughs) this is the irony of it is that your average person isn't probably going to have to worry about that for hyper Bitcoinization because people, most people aren't going to have UTXOs that they're managing directly yeah. on chain because right. Bitcoin just doesn't scale that way. So the other thing is kind of those third layer solutions um, that I know there's a lot of people that are kind of worried about it because you're not, it's, it's not directly Bitcoin, but you know, there's, there's no problem with using, if we want to call them money certificates, um, it's just, how do you manage it so that people can't, you know, print more money certificates than they're, than they have money. Yeah. So I think figuring out solutions for that, uh, because it has to happen and that's always the way it was going to happen. Right. Uh, if you go back and read the Bitcoin standard, that's what safe Adina Moose talks about is that it's, it's not that everyone's going to be, you know, the, the solution that Bitcoin solves is that, is, is that it destroys the monopoly that only a few people have on being a central bank. Mm-hmm. It it brings down the barriers to entry so that there can be many, 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 many more competing central banks. Basically, anyone that has the resources to have a UTXO <laughs> is pretty much going to be the equivalent, if we will, of, of a central banker. So um, because of that, we're going to need how to scale it on things. And uh yeah, I, I, there's a lot of stuff like with the was it CTV? Yeah, I've been I haven't really followed that. that. I know people want a soft fork, but uh, we just with the soft fork for um, uh, Taproot was painful, and then the yeah. and then the, the people trying to do the soft fork for uh, for uh, drive chains was even more painful, and it just mm-hmm. showed that most people don't understand how forks work, <laughs> right? <laughs> So it's like, uh, I don't really have an appetite for that right now. Um, but even even without doing that kind of stuff, I don't, I don't even know what CTV does. Um, but just kind of what's on the table right now with the, like the cashew and the, um, what are they, uh, Fetty Mints and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't have a super good grasp of it, but from what I've heard, it 
from it, it sounds pretty interesting because I mean, what makes it, what makes it good and so much better than the legacy systems with creating money certificates is that because it would be run on the lightning network, it creates instant settlement between the so-called banks that are operating that they're, you're not necessarily doing IOUs between them. They're not mm. settling day at the end of the day, at the end of the month, at the end of the year or something. It's okay. I need to send money between these things. Well, we have this network that allows that transfer to happen instantly. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, I haven't really done too much into this and, and this might be kind of in thinking in a wrong direction, but I'm wondering if just trying to manage lightning channels, um, for your customers so that when they try to make a payment that it doesn't, that the, the, the failure of a payment on your third layer system, because you've got to go through the lightning network um, that failure has to happen an extremely few amount of times. Almost yep, can yep. never happen. Right. Like right, you can't right. not have payments go through for this to work well for your customers. And so the threat of people freaking out over that, which would be a legitimate freak out, mm-hmm. is might keep them in check for um you know, uh, uh, inflating the, uh, the certificates they give out because yeah. it's, it's your, uh, and, and correct. I, I, this is kind of very, you know, ethereal kind of bouncing around on my head, but I'm wondering if, um, managing a channel and lightning is like having a bank run. Like you can't, you got to manage your channel because if everyone wants to send money through this thing and like, you can't, <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. have enough room in your channels to do it. It's the same thing as a bank run. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Um, Unless if ex- it's just managed well, a way that you can't like, it's, it's just, yeah, you would have to, because you, if, if, yeah, because it, it would only work if you don't, if you don't inflate your certificate you have, mm-hmm. like let's say I have a single channel and I've got you, Bird, and Aaron doing it, and and I'm one for one on my certificates to the to the to the Sats in my channel. Um, you guys can't move. Like the channel is big enough to move however you guys want it, mm-hmm. right? It would yep. be impossible for. Um, one of you, because it's the, the, the sats are split up between you, it would be impossible for me to, um, for one of you to send a payment that can't route through that channel. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think the broader thing here is that I'm, I'm excited. I think that the, again, back to the game theory, I think the game theory aligns such that it keeps actors for the most part in check. Right. Um, or let me rephrase that. It um, causes catastrophic failure at some over time for people who are not in check. Yes. Um, so so um, over time, uh, you know, we are going to see solutions emerge on all layers that are going to be, you know, that it, again, it's open source. Anybody can build on top of this. So you can build your solution. If you don't do it in the correct way, 
somebody's going to get burned. Um, and that's hopefully to the detriment of the solution builder as well, and probably will be. Um, so, you know, as we move forward, and like you said, a lot of people aren't going to be operating UTXOs on the main chain. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of payment solutions and, and custody solutions and whatever else are available or emerge on these other layers that make it a better consumer experience. Because even for someone like me, you know, I'm going to have my savings, you know, in one place, but I'm, I'm still going to have my checking account, you know, that, that I want to be very liquid and easy to move around. Right. And if that's, if that is in some sort of kind of whatever solution, um, that isn't necessarily like my hardcore self-custody solution on the main chain, that's fine. As long as I can be reasonably assured that the, that the, the participants are acting above board so that I don't get burned. And if I get burned, it's not the end of the world, but like, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, good actors um, come in and, and start to, to build out whatever that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, And, It'll be curious. I'm curious to see if there's going to be, since there is going to be so much competition between these people that are providing basically these banking services, you know, kind of like watchdog stuff going through. Because if you do have a payment fail, it's going to send send up a lot of red flags. Yep. And so you wonder if if that kind of <laughs> there'd be enough. Even if it's not like consumer facing freakouts, um, that it that that'll be enough to kind of keep things. Well, I th- I think and and maybe taking this out of the protocol itself and more into the social side, I think what you'll see is you will see industry industry standards be developed, right? And industry groups and and I I also think that and this is again way more on the social side. I think you're going to see a reemergence of, um you know, it'll be a different form and, you know, using this term is a little bit clunky, but maybe like fraternal organizations where you're a member of some network of some group. Right. Um, and that affords you certain benefits and then, and you, you can use their payment services if you want. Um, and you know, they will seek certain compliance with industry groups and, and that will be what they use to advertise to customers say, Hey, if you join with us and post, you know, whatever it is, uh, a million sats or 10 million sats with us. Um, you can use all these services, uh, and we guarantee X, Y, and Z. We are, we are examined by this group every six months for compliance. And, uh, and also you, you know, you can buy, I don't know, whatever health insurance with us and, or the uh, auto insurance, you know, the, I think that you're going to see a reemergence in a new way of those old organizations that used to provide, um, you know, what, what services to customers, like in a more, um, like in a grouped way, almost, I guess I I'm trying to think about how to say it. I think I said, yeah, it'd be more community. Um, yeah. You know, these, these services will probably be provided by the companies that you work for, the communities that you live in, the church that you attend. Yeah, right. You know, any like you said, any fraternal organization, and uh, you know, as long as we stick to the free and open source software ethos, um, you know, you you roll out your um, third layer wallet, 
And if it's free and open source, you know, people can look at the code and make sure that there's nothing yep. going on in there that'd be like, oh, well, if I want to move all my money to someplace else because I don't like what's going on, that there's not something that's going to like trigger and say, no, you got it. You, you can't mm -hmm. move your move your thing from us. It's, you know, there's, there has to be a degree of sovereignty um, for this to work. And I think that there's going to be enough competition uh, because the barrier to entry is so low. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> right. It's, it's, mm -hmm. you just need to have enough capital and engineering right. yeah. resources to do it. You don't need to be, you don't need to petition the state or your jurisdiction to do this. Now that there, there probably will be some legal stuff you got to do, but you know, you can't in the medium term. Right. But no one can prevent me from doing this with my family. Right, right, right. If I want to set up this stuff, it's it's all free open source software. I can run it over Tor or run it over Hole Punch or whatever that, you know, it's 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 impossible to stop. And so mm -hmm. because you have that, because people are always, you know, there, there, there will always need to be some sort of trust um, when you're operating um, this kind of stuff that people are going to want to use trusted, trusted people. Um, mm -hmm. and when, and when the barriers to entry aren't so high that it makes it impossible to do that, I, th I think you're just going to route naturally route to those, to those systems. And a lot of those systems in, in certain events and in certain countries, a lot of people might be seeking those systems offshore. Right. Because there's no real, there's no real barrier there. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of it is that <laughs> it's just an internet connection. Yeah. It's just routing somewhere. And so. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a huge incentive for um, for another country that wants to knock down another country's hegemony by playing the game fair. Yep. <laughs> and saying yeah, that, exactly. Well, we're just gonna we're just gonna suck out all your uh, all the value out of your country and have it operate through us because we're gonna provide them something that's good. And and the only way that you can um, you can compete with us is by operating on the same fair level playing field. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to bring up, not to jump off this, but what something you said about the checking account that reminded me, this is probably a better thing because I don't know when these third layers stuff is going to happen. Um, it's probably well down the road. Um, I think it'll start being like, you know, it's, they're making noise right now, but it's not like next year we're going to have, you know, fediments that are large scale operations, but the checking account stuff. And, uh, you know, I operate what I call on zero. Um, technically it's, it's negative. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I don't use fiat. I don't hold fiat. Uh, I use Bitcoin as my money. I convert my entire paycheck into Bitcoin. Um, I only hold Bitcoin and when it's time to pay off my credit card, my mortgage and that kind of stuff. Um, I just once a month, uh, sell some of the Bitcoin off and, and pay those fiat bills. There are, Several companies, several businesses out there that are um, putting together stuff that um, is going to be the next step in accomplishing that and and making it way easier. Level tried to do it, um, I guess about, I guess they shut down within the last year. Um, they had some issues, They, but it was basically you could hold Bitcoin in, in like a checking account and you had to, you had to manually sell. Um, so it was a little bit clunky, um, but when they went under, they actually made everybody whole. <laughs> so it was, it was like killing your dog to make sure he doesn't have rabies and you find out he doesn't like, Oh, that's great. But your dog's dead. <laughs> um, but, uh, the guy, the CEO is now working, um, 
in another venture called uh, Base App, and uh, I think that's what it's called. And they're working. Uh, I did a short call with them, talk about it a little bit recently, and they're working on something where it is actually like no, it's it is a checking account that holds Bitcoin. That's so cool. it is like ACH transfers in and out. They will auto convert back and forth in the fiat. But if you want to hold Bitcoin, all Bitcoin, you're holding Bitcoin. And Fold's doing something very similar. That was the big thing is is the, you know, the direct deposit automatic kind of thing, like Strike, Cash App, and I think a couple other um, apps and businesses do that already. But as far as like anything that's not a direct deposit or outgoing ACH payments, there's it's there's a lot of manual stuff you got to do and Mm -hmm. i'm fine to do it because i like you know i've for since i've been working um so for like 13 last 13 or 14 years i've kept a manual budget i use software called ynab you need a budget and you input every single transaction you do manually so i'm fine with doing that kind of thing 99.9 percent of people aren't (laughs) yes and that's reasonable Right. So if, man, if you're able to just say, okay, um, I'm using Fold or BaseApp or something, and I just set them up as my regular bank. And anything that comes in, any fiat, I can, it's, it's a fiat payment or Bitcoin payment. It gets converted to Bitcoin. Anything that's going out, I can just manage it like a, a regular checking account. I don't have to like be worrying about, oh, okay, I got a plan, sending money, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's a pain in the butt. Um, so this will be a, um, I think if they if they do it right, this will be a massive, uh, massive thing to start getting people to dump fiat and and get on Bitcoin because that's the other thing. I mean, the other reason why we're doing this well, I guess we didn't really talk about the reasons, but one of the big reasons why we're doing this is because we are fed up with the existing system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see all this money getting routed to Ukraine and Israel, and all, all, any place um, off the off the back of your labor, if you're holding fiat and all this crazy stuff the government does, all of the just the, the rape and pillaging of people's value. And like, I don't want to participate this in this anymore. Um that if I think a lot of people are getting more and more fed up, they see inflation and they're like, well, they don't, they don't see an out. They don't see a way to, to get out of it very easily. Um, But I think Bitcoin's at a point right now where I think people are starting to understand that it's not going away. So even if you make it so that I don't expect everybody to, to dump fiat right away, but people that are maybe like curious about it and are interested in Bitcoin, but don't want to kind of have to manage all that kind of stuff that they'll be like, all right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll have it. So it sets, I set 25% to hold Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I think that needle gets pushed yep. further and further as time goes by until one well, day they're just like, well, I'm, well, I guess I'm not holding any fiat anymore. Right, right, exactly. And I, and I think that's going to be, and, and again, we're talking about solutions in the medium term, uh, in the long term that, you know, we're not going to have to deal with this, this too uh, like two state solution, if you will. Right. Um, but yeah, in the medium term, like for example, like on cash, App, cash App makes things super easy. Um, and as, as just one example and like they, you can buy Bitcoin, you can withdraw Bitcoin and you can hold, and they also offer a checking account. Like you can have 
U.S. dollars with them. And if they, if they just made the simple integration of here's a debit card and we're just going to do an auto conversion and draft from your Bitcoin or your cash or whatever every time you spend and you have the option to either keep cash or Bitcoin or some 25, 75 allocation or whatever, but it doesn't, but whenever you spend it, it'll, it just automatically takes care of everything. Like people are just going to start pushing everything over to Bitcoin Mm -hmm. because why would you sit there and look at a horrible, horrible opportunity cost as, as you, you know, your, your value is, is drained away. Um, especially versus Bitcoin. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the, the the main objection people would have is with taxes, and not yep. even that like the paying taxes so much. Although that's annoying, I don't want to pay taxes, but just the the annoyance of keep, it. Keep keeping um, track, right? Uh, but I think as these services are, are provided again, like, and I've said this so many times, you can't have something that if you want it to be largely adopted, you can't have the system that you're trying to push be more difficult than mm-hmm. what's there. The existing yep. checking account system, the fiat system for all its problems, it's really easy to use. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have to write an article about trying to get a, uh, my bonus converted to, to Bitcoin. It was all fiat side problems. So the fiat system is actually a terrible mess and it's painful, but as far as just like, you know, I want to send money over here to eventually get there, but yeah, it's, it's right. pain. But, but just like the intuitiveness, all that kind of stuff, you know, hassles and everything, because at the end of the year, um, you know, your bank will send you your, your tax form that says, oh, you have this much taxes you got to pay. Now with Bitcoin, yep. there's capital gains associated with it. But, you know, as these companies start to roll these things out, a good company is going to realize, oh, I have to manage these people's tax burdens for them and how you know what what kind of form are we just going to send them a list of transactions and be like hey good luck or Mm -hmm. you know will we send them the tax form at the end of the year and say like hey based on uh you know what you selected whether it's first in first out or uh you know highest and low you know whatever tax strategy you want to employ for this this is what your tax bill is at the end of the year yep um and i dumped fiat in November of 2021. Um, so whatever the high, the all time high Bitcoin was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of, there, there are a group of us that kind of did it all explicitly all at the same time. And there are people kind of ribbing us being like, Oh, the prices dropped. Oh, I bet you guys are doing, are really struggling. And we're like, no, we're doing good. And then it was time for me to do taxes. And I came up with an Excel spreadsheet that's uh, that works. But I think if anyone else tried to do it, their brain would drip out of the ear because it's a, kind of a mad scientist kind of deal. But, man, I harvested so many losses from that. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. Um, and now, because you're only allowed to to take $3,000 off your, your income in losses from capital gains. Okay. But anything in excess of that, you can carry over. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. And you can, so you're only allowed to take $3,000 worth of loss on your income every year. Mm-hmm. But let's say you take $10,000 in losses. You have, um, 
you take the 3,000 this year, you carry over 7,000. So if Bitcoin shoots up in that next year and you have 5,000 in gains, mm. you can take, you can offset that with the 7,000 in losses. Interesting. And then still have $2,000 in losses that you can move forward. Take to the next year. Yeah. So you, I think I'm 99% sure that you have, you can offset gains. You know, there, I don't think there's any limit on it. It's only what loss, uh, you know, you could take. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, there, it, there are. Like, this is the thing, you know. Everyone complains about the rich people with they're not paying that many taxes and everything. The system exists for anyone to use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just not many people are opera are you know. Un- until I started doing this, I wasn't really messing with capital gains at all. Yeah, yeah, and then you realize as you're doing this, you're like, oh, "Wait a second!" Or, or just when I got the, you know, started doing stuff with credit to manage my get on zero and did the heat. Like, I would have gotten a home equity line of credit so much earlier if I right, realized right, yeah. what the rules were because I was sitting down looking at it and I go, "Wait, I'm allowed to do what?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah, anybody can play the game. You know, <laughs> it's available for anyone to play. But it's about being smart because it's it is like when you take debt out like that it is it mm. is leverage mm-hmm. um but that's i mean that's how people that's how the big guys do it they get leverage but they do it smartly they, they do, do it intelligently smart, structured yeah and and, and, and you know way. yeah and make sure <laughs> make sure they have positive cash flows right don't right. get yourself well, that's the, yeah don't get yourself in a situation the, where you you can't like so let's, you know hey Bitcoin hits, you know, goes back to a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, am I able to manage my monthly expenses? If the answer is no, you got yeah, right. to rethink what you're doing. Well, that, that's the big advantage of real estate in this country and the way that it's set up is that is that you can achieve leverage in a structured way. Mm-hmm. Like you can lock in an interest rate. You can and, you know, um, and there's there's a lot of tax benefits, too. Um so that it's a great place. If you already have real estate of some sort, it's a, it, it is a really great way to pull cash and allocate it. Um, because you know what your expenses are going to be up front. You know, you can lock in a, a, an interest rate and, uh, and especially if it's your, if it's the house that you live in, it's like, that's a necessity. That's so, you, you know, you're theoretically going to be paying that no matter what. Um, it's not like it's a frivolous expense. Right, and it's not like you know. There, there's a lot of serv. They're not as popular, it seems, anymore. But where you could uh, put your Bitcoin up as collateral, um, mm-hmm. I think those are those are those are dangerous games to play because you you know you read the fine print and it's uh, oh if the price drops then you're going to have to send us more Bitcoin. In right. Order. Uh, well, yeah, and I'm actually I'm actually interested to see how that progresses um, because I'm wondering because of how like. You know, Michael Saylor talks about this occasionally, how perfect the collateral Bitcoin really is. I'm wondering if they will, there will be services that uh, like, in, like big, respectable people like Cash App or something like that, um, that offer fixed, you know, no adding, you know, treating it more like real estate. I'm wondering right. if that will emerge. And, uh, that would be, if that does that, then nobody's going to sell ever. <laughs> like That would be insane. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the mechanics of that, of how it would actually work. Because I would, 
imagine that would be, I guess it depends on how big of a company it is. If they are able to just manage the risk of, of the value of Bitcoin just going so low that yeah. people just yeah, be like, yeah, I guess you can keep... I, I'm not paying. I'm I think, not paying my uh, my monthly payment anymore. Yeah. Well, I think I think probably, you know, there there will need to be some. There will be like I'm sure that again, this will be like a calculation made by right. big big players of saying whether it, maybe it's like you can lend, you know, take the 200 day moving average of Bitcoin price, right? And Bitcoin, like, or or whatever the moving average is that Bitcoin has never gone beneath, right? And so, like, let's say Bitcoin price is at a hundred thousand, the daily, the the five hundred day moving average, or whatever it is, is at forty thousand. Well, you can you can post a Bitcoin to to uh, be lent forty grand, um, and then uh, and 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 there's certain terms you never have to add collateral you just pay the interest and then the lump sum at the end or whatever the structure is i i, I do wonder because i think that would be a big the only reason i'm wondering about it is i think it would be a big business oh like, yeah well the, very the, profitable you it is possible to manage risk yeah um and that's why i would rather have like a mass mutual manage mm-hmm. it than a startup company that you right. know takes a four letter word and changes the the uh the order of two letters. So it looks like hodl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they're right. like, Oh yeah. Tr- you know, trust us to manage, manage this risk here. Mm-hmm. Uh, because these, I mean, these, these companies that are professional, like the highest level of risk management insurance companies have been around forever. A long time. And they're huge. And there's usually, you know, and in, a, a big insurance company going under, is a massive thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know, have we seen many? A big insurance company go, uh, I wonder if there were any during 08, but I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember it. So. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to look. But yeah, no, the big boys have been around since, you know, the Civil War, basically. Right, because they're really good at what they do. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, I don't want to rule out any possibility of using, you know, Bitcoin as collateral because again, as, as the, as it stabilizes, um, as far, not, not in, in price dollars, but just in, in like how much it fluctuates, um, then, then it'll be, there'll be a lot less risk associated with it. Yeah. If you have an expectation yeah. that it's just going to slowly appreciate in value, then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Well, and I, and I think, I just think there, there's going to be a lot of demand for it. Like I think, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Saylor and, and everybody in the, you know, school of Michael Saylor is going to say, Hey, I have a business. And at this point, my entire balance sheet is Bitcoin because why would it be anything else? But I also have to go like buy things and I don't want to incur taxes mm-hmm. um, by selling. Can we do something here and, right. where I can borrow against it? Yes. Um, and, and so I, I think that you're going to see that emerge. And I mean, I think that again, like you said, managing risk, what if cash app said, like, let's just say I have, you know, whatever, a, a Bitcoin on cash app and, and it, it's been there, uh, or whatever. I've been a long time customer, 
would they just add a simple way to be like, Hey, I need five grand. And they say, okay, well now 0.05 of your Bitcoin is, is encumbered until you pay that back or what, you know, you know what I mean? Like that it's, and then you can renegotiate if Bitcoin goes up or, um, or, or whatever. But I, I just, I think that, and then, you know, cash app can take the, take the spread basically. Like they can say, all right, to do this, we're going to originate the loan for a hundred dollars or whatever it is. And then we're going to take 5%. We're going to take, you know, whatever the fed overnight rate is plus, plus something because we would, otherwise we would just go invest in, you know, in overnight. Yeah. And, and to your point about a guy like Michael Saylor doing it, if, if this uh, collateral Bitcoin collateralized loan market is a busy highway that you're trying to cross the street, you don't really want to try to run across that highway yourself because you're right. small and you are just going to get obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you make it across, it is going to be the scariest experience of your life. <laughs> you have a much better chance of if a cement mixer is trying to cross the road. Right, right, right. And right. you just jump on the back of that cement mixer. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, he's doing most of the work and, and, and you know, you're going to have to share some of the reward of getting across the street with the cement mixer, but you made it across. But you made it across. Yep. Yeah. I, and I, I think that he's, you know, we're, we're getting the, the, the cool part is that we're getting, you know, we come from the more cypherpunk, you know, side of this thing, but we're getting players at every level of every institution that are all looking for solutions for their problems. And some of those solutions could be beneficial to us as well um, in the medium term. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Michael Saylor isn't buying Bitcoin just because he thinks it's cool. Right. Yeah. He's buying because it's a business. Right. (laughs) Yeah. He wants to make money. (laughs) Yeah. Same, same with BlackRock and these, and these other ventures and institutions. Yeah. It's a business. It's, there is a, uh, they're not sitting there saying we're just gonna we're gonna hold forever. This is a neat thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's they're they're in it for profit. They're in it to 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 better their their lot. And uh, and as that happens, I think it it can be very good for us smaller players to swim along. Right, right. And that's kind of kind of where I think it's important that we take a step back sometimes. Um acknowledge kind of what our station is in all of this, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that we don't have to try to fight every single battle and, and convince the whole world. You know, we just use the meme. Bitcoin fixes this. Um, Mm -hmm. we can be there and, and, and help our friends and family out a little bit. Um, but you know, if you're on Twitter and I get it. Being on Twitter is fun, but if you're like freaking out, losing sleep over arguing with people over on Twitter and kind of stuff and thinking that, you know, you just have to make that one tweet that's going to change everyone's minds or something like it, it just don't. The, the, the game theory built into Bitcoin is bigger than us. Yes. Like it's, you know, and that's something to remember. There's a reason that it's here 15 years later. Right. And, and there's a reason that if you flash back in time, you know, to we're recording this on December 29th, 2023. If you flash back to December 29th, 2022, 2021, 2020, you know, God forbid 2017 or something like that. There's always a boogeyman that, that is right. seemingly an existential threat. Let, unless we listen to some, you know, opinion, but here we are. Well, and it's, and bi- it's bigger and more powerful than ever. To that point, um, 
Well, I wanted to ask you this earlier or bring it up. So I'm going back to that. It was episode 184 on the Rollins Slappy Show. We did the, uh, the game theory. That was February yeah, 2020. 7th. Yes. February 17th, 2020. So that was almost three years ago. <laughs> Man, that was a different world. <laughs> I know. And and I go back and I always talk about this all it was the time. Al- it was almost four years ago, Roll. Holy smokes. Yeah, I got my numbers. I can't do math. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Man, just think about like how much more we know and understand yeah. about all this stuff. Yeah. But how much we still got right back then. Yeah. Like I go <laughs> yeah, back it's... and listen to that every once in a while and it just makes me smile because I think and you know I say this as humbly as it can possibly be what I'm about to say but I think that will be one of the most like revelatory podcast episodes in general yeah it was it was pretty cool it was pretty cool but but you know here's the thing though is like even if for a bitcoin skeptic all you kind of had to do was say, hey, suspend your belief that Bitcoin is going to fail. And just for the purposes of, of, of the discussion, assume that the game theory works. Right. Take take the next step. Then what? Well, it would be and, like, and, it's, it's like if we built this incredible Lego model and people are like, well, how'd you do it? And it's like, well, just connected blocks. Right. We, we didn't, we weren't doing, we didn't come up with anything new. Right, right. We're right. just like this is what game theory is. This is what the economics is. This is technology is. So let's just piece it together, mm-hmm. stitch it all together, and say what's to- what does tomorrow bring? Like what then? What does the day after bring? You know. So I brought that up. Not just I. Well, part of it was to gloat, but um, the other <laughs> thing was all right. So if you can try to get yourself in the mindset of where you were four years ago, and if you were going to say, okay, at some point in the future, we're going to be talking about. BlackRock and these other major players um, getting a bit, a spot Bitcoin ETF. Mm-hmm. Are you happy or or upset about that? Oh like, man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like in four years from now, BlackRock's going to be you know just scrambling, making a massive play, s- scrambling to try to get a Bitcoin spot ETF approved. And for- and and you've got another you know publicly traded company that has uh, 200,000 bitcoins or something. right it is just under one percent of the total supply of bitcoin that will ever yeah. be mined um yeah and he's outspoken about it uh, oh yeah and 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 refuses to back down on anything yeah like do you think that would be a good place to be or a bad place to be <laughs> you know? right yeah it's crazy to think about how how like kind of small it was in 2020 still and and i remember i think i was talking to and maybe maybe it was you, but it might have been Guy um, about it. And I was like, I I, I like, I think twenty twenty. I, I know the, the you know it's just this trope that we say we're still so early, but I even then because that bear market felt different than the previous one. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't a hardcore Bitcoiner for the previous one, but that's when I fir- bought my first Bitcoin was the bear market before that. And, uh, and, but I remember the discussions and kind of getting involved in Twitter and maybe I was just following the wrong people, but it felt nervous like that, that bear market, that 25, you know, 15, 16 bear market felt kind of nervous. Um, you know, the price was down at like 180, mm-hmm. 200 at bottom. It was a small market cap, uh, at that point. And, and, um, you know, obviously the, the guys that understood the protocol at the level that I hope I do now weren't 
nervous, I'm sure. But um, there was still so much. I mean, we were fresh off of Mount Gox. We were fresh off of Silk Road. Um, you know, it, there was there was serious questions about what the state was going to do, not to necessarily like break Bitcoin or something, like that, but to break you, you know, personally. Right. Um, there was no clarity. There was, you know, nothing. And now we're at a point, a mere, what, eight years later, seven years later, where, you know, FASB just issued accounting standards for Bitcoin for, yeah. for the industry. Um, BlackRock is is scrambling to get a spot ETF in the United States approved um, a, a among, what, 15 others. Um, and nation states <laughs> have adopted Bitcoin. Um and there's others waiting in the wings that appear to want to be making moves in that direction as well. And as the Bitcoin price goes up, as I think it will, you know, if if patterns suggest anything, it, it, traditionally around, you know, a having is the beginning of a or, or is within a, a bull market as the price goes up. That heat is just going to get cranked up on everybody. And everybody's going to be trying to figure out how they get a, get get on board, mm-hmm. especially because now they have the social proof. They have they're like, oh well, MicroStrategy did it. Oh well, El Salvador did it. I mean, they're doing great. You know, um, worked out well for them. How do I get this? So, I agree. What do you think the level of understanding of like a lot of people that are working in financial institutions of Bitcoin is? Do you think that they like because it's it's all right. We're about ready to get to the having. Um, Michael Saylor just bought another almost 20,000 Bitcoin and he's apparently trying to get guys to 1%. A psychopath, <laughs> right? That's, that's just so insane. Yeah. Um, there's about to be a spot ETF. So there's going to be a massive buying pressure for that. Um, do you even think that like people in like middle to upper management and financial institutions that should be thinking about Bitcoin and starting to f- figure out how they want to manage it, even though, even know that there's like something like a 20 million Bitcoin supply cap. I don't know. I, I, I keep trying to figure that out. I, I'm trying to figure out where everybody else is at because, you know, I'm so in this world. It's weird because it's like, especially after kind of this get on zero thing, which, you know, I'm, I'm on negative, but you know, we, we can, we can bicker about that just for fun. Um, but you know, just the broader get on zero thing. It's just, this is my life. Like this, I'm in a weird way. You almost don't think of yourself as a Bitcoiner anymore because it's like, oh, this is just the way that I operate. Right. You know? And, and so you kind of almost forget. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's happened so much to me that I, that's why it's, it's kind of funny with doing the podcast. It's that I, you know, we're on episode almost 400 episodes in and, um, it's sometimes hard for us to come up with ideas because mm-hmm. we're like, well, we talked about everything, not yeah. not literally, but like we we've done almost four hundred episodes, we've covered a lot of stuff, um, and you know we have to get out of that autistic mindset that not everyone thinks the way we do. There's still mm-hmm. a lot of people that that have a lot of questions and and they're still trying to understand basic stuff. Um, it was like that. This, this is one of my favorite Bitcoin stories for me personally. It was when uh, this was back a couple of years ago uh, when people were complaining about how difficult it is to run a node and everything. And I'm just like, what are you people talking about? So I, I wrote a, a 
blog post on nickflugel.com about here's the simplest way to run a node. And I just like took screenshots of like mm-hmm. going to bitcoincore.org, clicking yep. download, then clicking, you know, double clicking the the .exe <laughs> file, then clicking yeah. next, then clicking next, then clicking next. <laughs> right. And it yeah, was, yeah, it's it was so passive aggressive and just like <laughs> dripping with with you passive aggressive, yes, <laughs> and just like just soaked, soaked yeah. in, in 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 you know you know, and dude, it got like a thousand hits, really, and all these people commenting be like, thank you so much, this is great, yeah. And you realize it's like, oh, I'm like I have to remember that. Not everyone is. It's the same thing with like libertarianism stuff. When you see the site, you know, these cycles about stuff come up again every couple of years. And yeah. you're just like, well, the non-aggression principle can't prevent a bullet from penetrating your skull. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, oh, some people are just starting to to grapple with these ideas. And, and these are the things that I went through 10 years ago. So, yeah, it's not. Just because I've been in it a while and, and like my day to day is thinking this one way, like I, I have to remember that there's there's still a lot of work to do with um with getting these ideas out. And yeah. so if, if there's people that are like actually engaged and trying to figure this stuff out and going through it, you gotta think about these guys that are entrenched in these banks and stuff that like they've been like they think that like they, they have degrees in economics and finance and stuff and, and they see some some guy that's like has nothing to do with their field explaining to them how the monetary system works. Um, they're going to be like, well, who are you? Screw you. I remember I, this was years ago, but talking about inflation with friends of mine from college that were in finance, they were literally laughing at me. Like mm. they were like almost high-fiving be like, get a load of this guy. Cause I'd be like, they're yeah, just yeah. printing money. Yeah. And like, right. Oh yeah. That's not how it works. <laughs> they're <laughs> not just print. And it's like, no, like what? <laughs> And, and they actually was, are. Yeah. And, and they were like literally laughing in my face. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just, man, the amount of hubris that's out there. And just, I still think that I think a lot of these people are just kind of taking Bitcoin, Bitcoin for granted. Well, it, it, yeah, it's weird because f- for me or for like where we're at, like I'm, I, I'm looking around and I'm, I'm bewildered at the fact that nobody is really talking about Bitcoin. Like it, it's it, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there's some, you know, emergent asset or, or like equity, you know, from Zaire that has outperformed Bitcoin, but I'm pretty sure it's the best performing asset this year. Yeah. Um, and uh, that coupled with a spot Bitcoin ETF coupled with an upcoming having it, it's like, you know, and maybe, maybe that doesn't translate to price. I don't, I can't predict the future, but cobbling things together why would you not why would why is there not a crazy amount of interest right now i don't i just don't understand and i also don't understand why it like you said it doesn't seem like a lot of legacy finance is interested um i think it's just because no one's told them to because I, like i guess so may I, this might be a decent example um my brother is uh just bought a new house and and is finishing up selling his house. And uh, he's showing, he's been talking to me about it and being like how weird it is where it's just like showing the, like the, the clicks on Zillow 
of mm-hmm. viewing his house and how many people want to schedule visits and when offers come in. And it's directly related or correlated to like when there's an article on Yahoo Finance that says like, now it's a good time to buy a house. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, this is insane. Yeah. People are like just waiting to be told when it's time to do it. Yeah. And well, if they're doing and, it for but, buying houses, for something that like I think the average person has half a clue on how to do, especially if you've mm-hmm. done it before. Imagine yeah. doing it like trying to figure out like, okay, when's when should I buy Bitcoin mm-hmm. or care about yeah. it? But but that's a, that's an interesting point that you bring up is that uh, you know people being waiting to be told what to do with all these ETFs coming in the marketing bonanza is going to be crazy oh, yeah. and, and and all of a sudden you're going to be seeing buy Bitcoin commercials in between you know at halftime of NFL games mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it, because BlackRock is not starting this ETF to not have anybody buy it <laughs> like right you know and 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 they've got the resources to to put it in people's face and so that'll be really interesting and and, and um you know going back to the correlation between yahoo articles and zillow clicks that's that's something and there's a lot less friction of buying bitcoin than there is buying a house well i i can i can already picture a commercial and they should they should hire me for marketing because <laughs> we we all know i am an excellent marketer you should yeah actually we <laughs> randomly sold a liberty mug the other day uh Did you? For, yeah first one this year i can claim it on my taxes to uh, yeah. take a loss <laughs> good <laughs> um <laughs> uh but uh you know just you know the meme of the uh you winning son yeah so it would be like you know an older guy Walking into his son's room, and he's like, "How's your, uh, how's your, you winning your your crypto?" And the guy's mm-hmm. got like all this like technical stuff and miners running and all this like goofy stuff that's just like way. And then the the guy like, "Yeah, yeah, but you don't understand." It makes all these mm-hmm. excuses, and the guy just walks away, and he and he opens up his his app on his phone for his BlackRock ETF, and just goes, "Bye, bitch." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he's yeah. and, and it'll show like a big green number and just kind of goes like yep i'm good and just yeah. puts it back in his pocket and then and it's just like bitcoin made simple mm-hmm. now it's kind of false advertising you don't hold but like you get it yeah right right but yeah. it's how it's, it's how yeah. they're gonna market it's a new world it's right. gonna be a new world it's gonna be a new world it's uh it'll be you know very consumer oriented um which we haven't we haven't really had yeah so, it'll be cool um, but, uh, oh, I, I wanted to mention one more thing you were talking about, you know, I do want to circle back to this because I want to make sure people understand how easy this is. I actually tweeted out something about it, um, maybe a month ago, but I, I tweeted something like, you know, next to your Linux recovery USB stick, like with Ubuntu on it or whatever, you should have a Bitcoin core USB stick and th- that you verified that, that you know, is, is ready to go. And that way, you know, when you want to create a wallet, you have that old laptop, wipe it, put, put Linux on there, put Bitcoin core on there, and you can just create a wallet and then export it and put it on your daily driver, um, export a watch only and, and put it on your daily driver. And, and that, you know, it, it downloading and downloading a Bitcoin 
node and downloading the Bitcoin software is super easy and just keep it on a USB stick and then you don't have to do it over and over again. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, that, and that's a, that's a great way to create a, if you're just getting into it, that's a great way to create a relatively secure setup is just have an offline laptop with Bitcoin core on it. And if you need to make a wallet, make a wallet, export the, the, a watch only version of it and put it on your daily driver with a Bitcoin node. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish there were, if my, my one criticism of core is, um, is they don't make, I think Bitcoin core has the best wallet. Mm -hmm. It has every feature. I think it's intuitive, but doing some setup for some stuff can get a little bit convoluted and confusing. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's, that's great advice though is, because here's the thing, like you want to buy, you know, you want to buy a hardware wallet and it's going to cost you $200. You can go and get an old laptop for less than that. Or you may already have one. Right. And doesn't take much. And if you're just using that laptop to create Bitcoin core wallets, you, you, you need like, you, you don't need a uh, four terabyte hard drive. No. You don't even need an SSD. You can get a yeah. 256 gig uh, hard disk drive. Just picking like the lowest end stuff because you're not syncing the blockchain on it. No. You're just installing Linux and installing Core. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I mean, get a hard drive of that size is single digit dollars. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at stuff. I, I have, I'm looking around in my office on my desk and I just have like internal hard drives all over the place. And mm-hmm. uh, some of them I'm not going to use anymore because they're, they're, you know, I don't, I don't need however many I have. And I kind of just like looked on eBay real quick to be like, well, what can I sell this for? I'm like, it's not even worth selling it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I, and, and, and yeah, you just get all security of, of the, the most looked at open source project in Bitcoin and uh, with Linux, it's open source as well with, with tons and tons and tons of eyes on it. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's, that's really the optimal setup. The other thing I want to say to, and this is like, I am, uh, I'm finally putting my uh, raspberry Pi node out to pasture. I think. Okay. It's been, and maybe this is my fault because I I just, I have my, uh, what I call my node box. It's an old uh, Dell Optiplex that I have mm-hmm. running headless. Um, and that thing just, I love it. Um, Ministry of Nodes does a, uh, has some walkthroughs on how to set, set a lot of stuff up. And um, if you're, if people are interested and man, that thing, and I have it set up on a uh, UPS in case the power goes out. So I don't okay. fry it. And uh, dude, it just, it just never stops. The power goes mm-hmm. out. It'll shut itself down. I got to go press the button to uh, turn it back on but otherwise it just cranks and cranks and cranks i have a raspberry uh, raspberry blitz and it's been like i actually and this was my fault kind of i wasn't i didn't realize that it wasn't saving the uh the lnd rescue file ah. and then like the whole thing just like crashed and so um trying to restore it it was there were a couple channels that those people kind of disappeared mm. Uh, and so there was no, no one to close the channel. <laughs> gotcha. It didn't have much Bitcoin that, you know, those things I got, I got most of the Bitcoin back, but it was like a, it was a painful experience. And just like, I, now I can just never get it running well. So 
I have a lightning node on it, and I'm just trying to get it so I can run it long enough that it stays open for me to close the channels just so I don't have to wait for other people to do it. But I have enough uh, other nodes that uh, I don't need it anymore. But it was good. It was fun while it lasted. It, it, it provided a lot of value for me. Do you just is that is your headless one publicly facing and then anything internal on your network just looks at that? Uh yeah, pretty much. Uh I have anything outgoing on that is on tour though. So yeah, the other right. thing I have, the other thing that's good is for my BTC pay server for like Liberty mugs and stuff is that's uh I use Luna node. So I do have that on a, on a cloud service. Okay. Um and I think that's not a bad play. Now, obviously, it's not your hardware. But um, for running like a Lightning node with a reasonable amount of money on it, because that you can have it be over, you know, just uh, clear net. You don't have to worry mm -hmm. about exposing your, your own network. Um, okay, sure, yeah. It's like seven bucks a month uh -huh. for, the, for, the, um, for the storage. And they actually have it set up so it's just like a one-click BTC pay server install. Oh, that's cool. And that's where I have a uh, that LND node has. I have an LND hub on it, so I can for any like store because I've got different things that I accept payments on. Um, Liberty mugs, Bitcoin trickle. You know, I do the uh, I'm the treasure basically for Childerberg, and uh, and the get on zero thing. I just create a different um, LND hub on that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of separates it out easy for, uh, and then I have one just for like a, my own personal wallet that I threw on connected to blue wallet. Um, it can only spend as much as I send to that instance of the L and D hub. So, um, and that's very reliable and, uh, it's cheap too. It's like seven bucks a month. Yeah. So great. even if you said like, all right, I want a lightning node and uh, maybe kind of difficult. I'm not, I'm not very tech savvy and, let's say you're in a situation like, I don't know if I want to spend 200 bucks on a laptop to do this and figure all that kind of stuff out. Okay. Like do you have seven bucks every month mm -hmm. that you can pay the fees in Bitcoin too, which is kind of neat. Um, and, and so I think that's a pretty good solution. And, uh, I think that's an under, perhaps a, uh, an underserved or, or an, an un underused solution. I'll say mm. now I don't yep. think you want to have like your main node where you're you know, potentially yeah, keeping right. lots of Bitcoin on or, or, or any of that kind of thing or having a um, there's some risks associated with it. it's not your hardware, but for for a reasonable amount, if you need convenience and speed and everything, which is reasonable, you know, if I'm out and about and I want to spend lightning and I want it to be, you know, my own node and my own keys and everything, I, you know running it through tour through my own thing is is a huge pain in the butt mm. um i forget what else i was gonna say about it i don't know but yeah i like i like using that and i might do another yeah. node too through luna play for stuff yeah i want to start around. yeah i mean i want to play around with the um what's it called uh like the fediment and cashew kind of stuff yeah i i have not taken that dive yeah yet and doing it like on my own, uh, on my own hardware at home, I don't like if I have to, if I have to expose, like if I want to send it out of the, if it's tour and I'm going to have friends connect to it and they got to fight through tour and everything, especially if they're not hardcore, 
<laughs> they might not right. be all yeah, that interested. Yeah, can be a real problem. So we'll see. Um, cool. What else I can say? But whatever. Any closing thoughts? Um, I just say hold, hold on to your butt. Yeah. I mean, it's... I see people making price predictions for the ETF and everything, and it's, it's, I, I have no idea. But I don't either. But I've decided I'm going to be a bull turd. I've told you that. Oh yeah, so am I. But like, adding another zero to the end of the price of Bitcoin, um, that changes uh, a lot for your security setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you might have a hot wall on your phone that, you know, you have a certain amount of bitcoin and you add a zero or something on the end of that then all of a sudden I was yeah. like, or even yeah. even your cold storage um or whatever basically everything um all of a sudden you know that that gets moved up just just be ready yeah right kind of kind of set yourself up so you don't have to necessarily make a change or if you do have to make a change it's easy be like oh i just got to you know, I, I have green wallet on my phone and now it's got, you know, $5,000 on it. And that's too much for me. Let me just send a transaction to cold storage. Yeah. yeah. Not that uh, I need to create a better cold storage setup. And, uh... Right. Well, yeah. And I think we were texting about that. Like with when it when the price just kind of abruptly went from whatever, 28 or whatever it was to 45. Uh, <laughs> you know, I keep checking account in in uh yeah in cash app and i was like (laughs) (laughs) well what's kind of neat and what's kind of nice about that is is i I remember that just like before i got on zero and i was saving money for stuff and then i realized that like from when i started to where i was at the end of it that it's like i got nowhere holding fiat Mm mm-hmm and it's super frustrating to see like yeah. you spend all this time and, and you're just like, I don't, there's, I didn't make any headway. Mm-hmm. Um, not only I'm on zero and especially it's just like the price is starting to appreciate. Like, holy cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like my mm-hmm. savings actually have meaning. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's really neat to see that like you're a single paycheck that you get 26 of or 24 of or whatever. Um, now all of a sudden that has the value of a quarter of a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sweet. It's, it's, it's like the sound money environment man. it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's the, it's what we've been dreaming of now. Just saving means something. Yeah, it does. Um, you have yeah. a lot more options. Like, I, you know, my cars, uh, I bought it in 2010, so it's 13 years old. It's it's just under 250,000 miles on it. There's nothing really wrong with it, but, like, you know, it's getting near the end. Like, if Bitcoin keeps doing what it's doing, I could just, like, my options for how I want to do this yeah. Yeah, change yeah, yeah. drastically. Like, I change, would like yeah. I would like to hold on to my car when I get it, when I replace and get a new one. I want to hold on to this one just so I can, like, have it be the the car that I work on and just Mm -hmm. do whatever. And, and, you know, I don't need it, but it's nice to just kind of tinker with, you know, if you're, 
if you don't have savings and all of a sudden your car dies, you need to get a new car. You might have to just sell that car. Uh, and it's not the end of the world. It's it's kind of like right, a, but it's a pain in the ass. Right, it just removes options, and so yeah. you know, however you want to do it, you might you might not like debt, and so you might say, well, now I have enough cash on hand that I can just, you know, put a bigger down payment, buy it out, buy whatever I want outright, you know, whatever. Or you're like, I have enough savings where I don't care, like I and I want to hold on to it. I like what I'm doing, and I see what the interest rates are. Yeah, I'm going to take a, a low interest rate and. But like if you're if you're don't have any savings, yeah, it, it closes you off. You just don't have any, any options. So right, um, yeah, it's important. It's yeah. important. And I mean, the the way that at least I'm thinking, and I think you're thinking, is like if they're offering a low interest rate, don't put anything down if you don't have to. Because oh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like if you if if you need to, you can you can handle it. But might as well gamble a little bit and and and. Uh, and uh, keep that, you know, r- rather than putting it down, keeping it uh, in savings. Yeah, and 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 I've been saying this for a while, but it's it's probably the same for you. Um, that like everything that our parents taught us about finances and savings, like we have to turn it upside down. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the opposite. Like I grew up, and even it, you know, once I got out of college and started working, like I I paid off my um, student loans right away. I paid off my car right away. Um, really was was didn't want to have any debt. Um, was avoiding it, and now it's just like, oh wait, I have the option to take on debt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little bit. But I mean, you know, back to the discussion that we were having earlier. That's kind of how the game is played, right? It's uh, it's what? it's 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 structured leverage that you're careful with that you analyze yes. and you don't go about recklessly, but it's structured leverage. It's not credit card debt. It's, um, it, or if it is like, I mean, in my get on negative strategy, that's what, I mean, I pay it off every month, but, but that I, I use a credit card. Um, yeah, we're, so we're, I don't have to hold <laughs> the difference between us and other people that might be using a lot of debt is that a lot of these people are using debt to go on luxury vacations twice a year. No, right, and, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you're driving a car from 2010 and I'm driving a car from 2013. <laughs> right, getting the latest and greatest. Uh, it was like I um, I did a volunteer thing um, at work for like a, a breakfast with Santa Claus recently. And uh, they had a thing where they um, uh, gave away bikes um, mm-hmm. to some of the kids that did a drawing and – my one friend was like, "Hey, can you help me load this this bike into this these people's car?" I said, "Yeah, sure." And so we're out there and we're doing it. I'm like, "This kind of looks like a nice car," and I'm like holding the bike, trying to load into the trunk, and I realize this is a Maserati. Oh my god! And this is like for this event was for kind of like lower income, less well off people. And I'm like, then that became the scariest three minutes of my life <laughs> loading to... the bike into a Maserati. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he, like afterwards he was like, what? Like, I don't understand this. Like these, you know, these people, you know, apparently couldn't afford to get their kid a bike, but they're driving a Maserati around. I'm like, yeah. Well, this, I mean, this gets into another interesting social aspect and, and I'm sure, you know, we've been dragging on forever here, so I'm sure nobody's listening, but um, <laughs> you know, there, there's always this talk about like, you know, building locally in communities and lowering your time preference. And I, I don't understand how a lot of those groups of people have not just aren't, aren't just 
foaming at the mouth to build their community around Bitcoin. Like the, the you know, the, it's funny, these like memes that go around, but they're true. It's like, you remember Pierre with like, sell your chairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it, that's like something that happens. Like when you get on zero is, is like, you, you're just constantly looking for ways to simplify and like your life and avoid a lot of the luxury items that you otherwise might've been tempted into because you're saving for the future and the savings mean something. And, uh, and it's such a, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's, it's kind of profound. Like it's a profound experience. And, and that's going to be really exciting. And, and I mean, we could talk another hour and, and 40 minutes on this topic, but, um, when that does start hitting for these people that are on welfare and, and making bad decisions because of the, the incentive for the fiat system, mm-hmm. and you see all the problems that come from those communities, um, because the incentive structure is just so fouled up is that yep. when they do correct their incentive structure by starting to adopt Bitcoin, um, all of a sudden those groups and those communities, those demographics that were kind of like an economic and social drag on everybody else start being contributors. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, and then it comes back to like, like I was saying, if you have cash app and you have $2,000 in there or whatever, and you have the option to have it in cash and you have the option to have it in Bitcoin. You, it's going to start to be a lot more painful to, to buy that luxury good or what, whatever it is that you might otherwise uh, have wanted to buy. And I, and, and I'm not ragging on that. I think you should enjoy your life, mm-hmm. but like being more judicious about it, um, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, pe- people are going to in real time, see the pain, the right. opportunity cost, And, uh, and that will have, that will put pressure on people to shift on the margins more towards savings. And that's the thing about Cash App too. I just kind of put this together is that that's who they market to. Cash App does not market to um, high value um, people. It's probably weird that I use them and, you know, (laughs) the money that's going through it. Not that I'm, you know, rich or anything, but, um, yeah, like they're they are setting themselves up for that that low income, um, paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. kind of communities, and so like there's infrastructure there for those people already. Yeah, that when it's time, or it's just like that the, these people finally like start playing. They're bored and they start looking around on their app, and they go, "Oh, what's this Bitcoin thing?" And they go look at the chart and be like, "Whoa, wait, what?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should throw some of this pick. Like, oh, I want to buy, you know, whatever consumer good I want to buy. I want to buy, you know, add to my shoe collection or something. Well, I don't have money now, but if I just like put, all right, I need, I don't know how much my shoes cost. I'm such a boomer. Um, I need $200 <laughs> for these shoes. I don't have $200, but I got 50 bucks. And it looks like if I just like put this 50 bucks there, um, like in a couple months, maybe I can buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? What is that going to do? Seeing yeah. your savings grow, what is that going to do to that person? They're probably not going to go buy the shoes, or if they do, they're going to see. They're going to follow it and be like, oh, "I could have bought two pairs of shoes now." Yeah, or maybe maybe to, uh, a better way to state it is that if you have a hundred people in this scenario, and previously 
two of them would opted out of the shoes. Now five of them opt out of the shoes. Right on the margins, it's going to push people yep. towards the the saving. It's probably you know it's it's not going to be a hundred percent, but on the margins, I think it will push people. It will incentivize people to save more. Yep. Which in turn will have a deflationary pressure on on goods and services. And it's kind of funny too because. Now that we're pulling this thread, like those are the voting blocks um, that the Elizabeth yeah. Warrens right, right, would right. tend to have. Um, and then all of a sudden, these people are like just ripping themselves out of poverty. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're going to see the politicians that they normally vote for are saying like, no, this is really bad for you. And they're yeah. going to be like, <laughs> I just, yeah. hold on a second. They're not going to yeah. not vote for Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren's going to change her tune. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they always do. Right. Yeah. Be interesting to watch. Oh, it's fun. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's fun to watch it come. It's fun to watch it like happen in in real time and occasionally drop in for some commentary. Oh yeah. So, all right. Well, um, you want to plug your stuff and we can get on out of here. It's almost nine o'clock AM. My time. Yeah. We started this when the sun was down. Uh, this was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. This is always uh, fun to talk about. And sure. uh, we got to get you on again to talk about whatever. Um, but yeah, we talked about in the beginning, uh, Slappy Jones and I have the Rollin Slappy show. You can check it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can just put that in any uh, podcatcher, mcflugel.com and then on Twitter um, at Liberty Mugs since uh, Rollin McFlugel killed by a tranny. <laughs> what? Oh, you didn't know that? How why Rollo McFlubop got banned? No, I don't think so. Um, so this was a while ago, but there was you know that um I think it was a someone from the Libertarian Party, but a, a transvestite got elected to some like small position in like okay. New Hampshire or something. And he I don't know what they are, but um had a meme where it was like it showed it was a naked Barbie doll and a naked Ken doll and said that gender is learned. It's not just naturally understood by kids because you have because there's no genitals on these Barbie dolls. You tell the kid that Barbie's the girl and Ken's the guy. So mm-hmm. it's not just like something natural that like it, this has to be learned. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was some point and I which is insane, at least stupid, because kids don't have to undress a barbie doll to know if it's a girl or a guy sure and i quote tweeted it or replied saying like this meme is as confused as a tranny oh all right well (laughs) that was that was hate speech okay well and and gone forever (laughs) on that note (laughs) on that note we'll we'll leave you we had to add some spice some spice this episode at some point save it for the end all right All right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, to everyone out there, Happy New Year.